Father. Lord, we just do love you tonight, Lord. We're so thankful for all that you're doing among us, the lives that you've changed, Lord, the sick that you've healed. Lord, the miracles that you've wrought among us. Oh, how we love you, Lord. Father, where would we be if it wasn't for your grace and for your mercy in our lives, Lord? Lord, tonight we just ask that you would come and you would once again speak to us, Lord. Speak to our hearts, Lord. Move upon us, Lord. Touch us by your grace and your mercy. Father, if there be one here that don't know you, Lord, or find themselves in a a lukewarm condition or whatever it is, Father, may they move towards you, Lord, I pray. May you draw the heart tonight, I ask you, by your grace and by your mercy, Lord. We just ask that you would just touch these that we have asked, the prayer requests, the different ones, Sister Shalom, remember Brother Ron, Brother Michael, all the different needs, Lord. God, thou knowest and you have the answer. And Lord, you're here to meet and touch each and every one, Father. You're the Lord who fights our battles. And when we can't fight, when we can't do anything, but we just want to simply trust you and ask you to move, move in the hearts and lives of your people. Lord, we thank you for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> Excuse me. Amen. Joshua chapter 2 and verse 9. It's always good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. I'm ready for for a little bit of sunshine, though. Mercy. Amen. Joshua 2 and verse 9 and says, And she said unto the men, and notice what she says, I know that the Lord hath given you the land, and that your terror is fallen upon all of us, and that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt, and what you did unto the two kings of the Amorites that were on the other side of Jordan, Sihon and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. And as soon as we heard these things, Our hearts did melt, neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you. For the Lord your God is God in heaven above and in the earth beneath. Amen. We'll let you be seated this evening. Amen. So I want to continue on the Lord as a man of war. You know, I was just reading and thinking on these things that Rahab, this is, of course, Rahab speaking to the spies that had came there to spy out the land, and it was quite a different testimony of what had happened 40 years or so prior to this when, and, and when he sent 12 spies into the land, and two came back with a good report, and 10, amen, reported that it, they wasn't able, and that they were grasshoppers in their sight, and and, then, and all these things and all the negative things that they reported. But here Rahab is speaking very openly about it. And she said, I know the Lord hath given you the land. And that your terror is fallen upon us. And that all the inhabitants of the land faint 
because of you. And she'd go on to say that our, we heard of the things that the, your Lord did and our hearts did melt and there remained not even any more courage in any man because of you. Amen. You know, it's amazing that even without, even the, you know, today in the age that we live in and the times that we live in, we can get news very quickly, but the news had went before them of how great their God was or how great their God is. And, you know, I begin to think of it that our God has a reputation of defeating his enemies. And, and you know, I, I love to look at the things in the Bible and look at all the different uh, accounts of battles and how God moved in supernatural ways and and, and, and in supernatural manners that goes beyond what we could ever think or even imagine. And, and I love to look and to dwell upon them because I realize I'm serving the same God. And this God is still the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he has, still has that reputation of defeating his enemies. He's the Lord mighty in battle. And, 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 and he's not just as we have been saying, speaking about, and he's not a God some way off somewhere in the wild blue yonder, but he's a God that's very near, very present, even, even right now in our midst, working in our midst, touching hearts, touching lives, healing the sick. Amen. Miracles that are taking place even, even right now in our midst. And I'm thankful that I don't have to talk about just a God of history or a God of what he used to do or how he used to be or what, he, what powers he used to have or what he was able to do, you know, five years ago or 10 or 20 or 5,000 years ago. But I can say that he's still the same God today. Amen. And, and you know, and I, I even looking at even in, in, in the last 40, 50 years as he would come down and do some very phenomenal things in our generation and show himself over and over to be the same yesterday, today, and forever. And, and, and show himself that he had, had dominion over every demon, over every spirit, over every sickness, whatever it was, you know, that he had dominion over it. And he, he showed that he was, he was a God of dominion and he had a reputation that he was still with, willing to hold up and to show that no matter what came against him, no matter what kind of thing stood up against him, that he would come out victorious. And that's the God that we serve. And I'm thankful that it's not a God of just yesterday. You know, it's not like a painted fire that you can't get warm by, but it's a God that is even now in our midst. That's even now working among us. That's even now healing the sick. That's even now giving dreams and visions and, and speaking to people and prophecies are taking place. Even now it is going on. You know, too many people get their eyes on the past and think that God is only a God of the past or maybe a God of the future. But God wants you to know he's a God of right now. And even today, he's willing to stake his reputation upon his, on, the, on the battle that he will do whatever it takes to come out victorious. And, you know, even, you know, as we would have this uh, service in this past Sunday, God did some miraculous things right in our midst. And God moved. And, it, you know, I had to say this whole week, is, it's been just a phenomenal uh, a week of things that are taking place. And I, I know Brother Tim's got a lot of things on his heart to share with you Sunday of what God has done. But even this last Sunday, begin to get testimonies of what God had done. And, you know, our brother Boyce Mitchell had come up for prayer 
But he had had a stress test, stress test that had been done, and, and the doctor saw some abnormalities there and had scheduled a heart cath. And he came up for prayer Sunday about the situation. And he had to go there, I believe, yesterday. And the doctor, as he would do that, he was amazed. They, didn't, they did not find any abnormalities. And the doctor said his arteries were more clear than when he had done them several years ago. I remember as I prayed, I spoke these words. I said, Lord, when they do this heart cath, they will find nothing. Amen. The stress, the stress test had indicated that blockages had worsened. But after prayer, Sunday, the heart cath showed that they had actually improved and not worsened. Praise be to God. Amen. He's our, he's our healer this evening. Amen. He's our healer today. You know, he also had a visitor in midst had been here several services. Sister Pamela Jensen, I believe from Arizona, had been with uh, Brother Darrell and Sister Sharon there for a couple of weeks and been dealing with severe depression and mind battles for several years. And the Lord had actually spoke through her through a song that one of our choirs had sang that Sister Rebecca Erskine had posted. And when she seen it there, she she felt the atmosphere fill the, she said, I, I want to be in that atmosphere. And so she came here to attend several services, really enjoyed it. But, you know, as it would go on, Satan would begin to attack her body. It seemed like right before you'd go to church, ain't that the way he does? Amen. And so on Sunday morning, she, she was attacked in her knee with pain so severe she couldn't put any weight on it and had to use crutches to get from the house to the car. And, but on the way, they begin to talk about how that Satan will do his best to try to keep you out of the very place that you need the most. Amen. And, and he, so as we talked to her, the pain began to leave her body immediately, and she went from the car into church unassisted. Amen. Then she came down for prayer. And after prayer, as we begin to speak to those things, you know, that was going on in her body and the depression and the mind battles, she testified that the Lord completely touched her. It lifted the fog that had been over her for, over her for years been able, and, the, and the depression. And she flew back home Monday a different person. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah. This is the God that I'm talking about. He's a God that is mighty in battle. As we would preach Sunday about depression and anxiety and fear, amen, and he would come behind it and back up the words that we spoke. And we would speak about that when a man would go to a doctor, that, that things would take place. He'd come behind it and he backed up what we spoke, amen. You know, I believe, I, I believe as I just feel it, it seems like it's just going, you see it all the time posted in different places, people singing it and our choir singing it very, uh, very, a couple of times, but I believe this year our cry is we will see miracles. Yeah. Amen. We will see giants fall. We will walk on waters. We will see the glory of the Lord. Amen. It is he that is in our midst. It is he that has given us the victory. Amen. And what a conqueror he is. What a mighty God in battle that can come in a moment and lift off the fog off of somebody's life that had been battling day after day after day, amen, to the point that she's ready to just give up. But God, rich in mercy, he's that same kind of God tonight that no matter if you're at the moment of your life where you're about to give up and about to walk away, this God is rich. 
This God is rich in mercy. This God is rich in miracles. This God is rich in healing. And I believe that we are seeing miracles day by day by day. We are seeing the glory of the Lord falling in the tabernacle and filling it with his glory. It is God that is in our midst. And he's coming and, he, and he's coming to bring his victory now. You know, if we have something that we're fighting for, if there's a disease in our body and we're fighting sometime between death and life, what a victory it is when we see that it's conquered. Amen. If we're fighting over some habit or something that's besetting us. And, but when we finally see those flags of victory begin to wave, that we've conquered it, what a feeling it gives us inside that we can be more than a conqueror. Through Christ to strengthen us. It's not our power. It's not what we can do or what we have done. It's what he has already done. It's he has paid the price. He paid it all. He didn't come and pay a portion. He didn't come and pay just a a little bit. He came and made a way for complete healing, for complete deliverance, for complete restoration. This God is a God of completeness. Amen. Amen. What is it? Who is it in our midst? It's Christ, the angel of the Lord, proving himself over and over that I'm able to withstand whatever you're facing tonight. That I'm able to overcome it. Amen. He proved, you know, his weapons of warfare. Amen. When he healed the sick. He would take five little uh, biscuits and two pieces of fish and feed 5,000 people. He proved that he had the power over every atom that there was. Hallelujah. He's got, a, he's got the power over every atom in this building. Amen. He's got the power over every atom that was. Not only did he, amen, did he uh, grow fish, he grew cooked fish. Mercy, what a God. Hallelujah. Not only did he grow wheat and biscuits, he growed cooked wheat and biscuits. Amen. He showed that he was a great and mighty conqueror. Not only, amen, did he get water, amen, from a well, he turned that water into wine. He proved he had the power to conquer. Hallelujah. He's already proved it. He don't have nothing else to prove. He's proved he can heal cancer. He's proved he can heal every kind of disease. He's proved he can take the fog of depression off of somebody. He's proved he can break fear and anxiety. He has nothing else to prove. He just wants you to believe. Hallelujah. When he stood one day by the side of Lazarus' grave, and there was a man that had been dead and buried four days, everyone said, even now he stinketh, his nose fell in, skin worms crawled through him. But Jesus stood there as a conqueror. Amen. As a fighter, he come to fight the battle for Lazarus when Lazarus couldn't no more fight it himself. Amen. He come to conquer. He said to Mary and Martha, he said, did not I say unto you, if thou will only believe, you'll see the glory of God. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, let's just, let's just believe tonight. Come on, somebody. Let's believe tonight. Tonight, we're going to see the glory of God. He said, well, we've seen it Sunday. Well, I want to see it again. Hallelujah. He healed Sunday. I want to see him heal again. He delivered Sunday. I want to see him deliver again. I think we ought to come under expectation of total deliverance. 
total restoration, total healing. Amen. God coming on the scene, proving he's still the conqueror. Amen. He he just got through saying when they said our brother's dead, he said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Have I not just told you that eternal blessed power lays within me? Amen. He not only made the statement, he was able to carry out everything he said. Come on, somebody. This is the God that you're serving tonight. This is the victorious warrior. He not only makes a statement, but he has the power to carry it out. He said, I'm the Lord God that heals all thy diseases. That's a statement, but he has the power to carry it out. He said, I'm the Lord God that can come on the scene in a moment and change the atmosphere. He not only makes a statement, but he's got the power to carry it out. Hallelujah. He's got the power to raise the dead. He's got the power to, amen, to give eyesight back to the blind. He's got the power to give your ears back again. He's a God of all power. Hallelujah. Amen. But dwelling there in that flesh, veiled in human flesh as a man, but inside there was almighty God, great and mighty one. He could recreate, he could create new things, he could speak and ask for it and it would be given to him, but he humbled himself. He wanted to give an example, he wanted to be the right kind of conqueror, and he was. He proved himself to be. Now, I know we read this Sunday, or our version of this, but this is another one. A lady, she told me that the man, that Jesus was just a prophet, a wonderful man, but I made him deity. I said he was deity. He was God. She said, well, you try to make him too great. I said, there's not enough words to make him too great. Human tongue can never find enough, amen, words to make an expression good enough to make him too great. He said, well, Brother Branham, Jesus was nothing but a man, just a prophet. I said, he was God. Let's don't ever get away from that. He's God. He was God. You say, make him deity, but he's not. She said, on the road to down the grave, he wept. That was, sure, he was the very heart of God. He suffered like we suffered. He was flesh like we're flesh. He was been born in his body the same desires and the same inflictions that we have borne. Yet he became, to do this, he became the perfect sacrifice. He took on human battles. Yeah. Hallelujah. She said, well, he wept going down to the grave of Lazarus. I said, old lady, that's right. That's true. He was a man when he was weeping. But he stood by the side of that grave of his friend. And it was a silent dead, where the silent dead laid, where the rotten body laid, covered with a napkin. And he said, take away the stone. Oh, hallelujah. Take away the stone. Maybe you've been bound in some grave somewhere, but there's a voice of resurrection here in the building that says, take away the stone. Hallelujah, take away the stone. And he pulled that little frame together and said, Lazarus, come forth. He would say he had so much power, if he wouldn't have said Lazarus, every one of them would have come from the grave. Hallelujah. But he said, Lazarus, come forth. What was it? It was a sword that went down and cut that body back out of death and brought him back to life again. Corruption knew his master. Hallelujah. 
That great and mighty conqueror proved right there. He had the power of death. He had the power of hell and the grave. It thrills our heart. He said our hearts ought to be thrilled tonight. Amen. We heard these testimonies of what God done Sunday. And I'm sure God did more than that. But we ought to, our, thr- our hearts ought to be so thrilled tonight. He said the world ought to be in jubilee this morning like it's never been. The screams and shouts of his people because the day came. He conquered the last enemy. And he set the captives free. Well, maybe tonight the world don't know nothing about it. Or maybe they're ignoring what Jesus did. But what about us? When we see him moving in our midst and promising and fulfilling his promises, how should it make us act? How do you think it made Martha and Mary act when their brother came walking out of the grave? Well, that's a pretty good service, Jesus. I wish in there, I wish I could have saw you do something. There was doubters there. I, I, I wish I could have I could have felt something. Feel what? My goodness, what could, when a man comes walking out of the grave four days dead, and he comes walking out bound in his grave clothes, and Jesus said, Loose him. And they take it off, and it ain't a man decayed. It ain't a man that's stinking. It's a man that's back to perfect health again. Oh, my. How do you think Martha and Mary felt? What about their emotion? I know people don't like emotion, but what about their emotion? When you've seen your friend come back to life or your brother come back to life, what kind of emotion are you going to have? I ask some of you parents, when you see your child coming back into the church, what kind of emotion are you going to have? Amen. When you see the sick healed and the dead raised and God do miraculous things, people say you, you, you're too emotional. Are you kidding me? When I see the king of kings come down in our, our midst and, and break depression off of somebody's life, amen, and heal and, and make it to where a doctor can't even find a problem no more, you want me to be quiet? I can't be quiet because I've seen the same one that walked the shores of Galilee right here in our midst. Performing the same works, doing the same things. The mighty conqueror, the mighty warrior, Jesus Christ is in the house. And you want me to be quiet? If we be quiet... These boards will begin to scream out. He's what he said. Rocks will begin to scream out. Because why? Those, the very one that created them rocks was walking right over the top of them. And he said, you want these to be quiet? So if they be quiet, they hold their peace. These rocks are going to start shouting. Well, I'm going to tell you, there ain't a rock going to take my place. I don't care what critics wants to come along and say it's nothing but a bunch of Pentecostalism or a bunch of holy roller. You can say what you want to, critic. That's who you are, critic. I'm not going to be a critic. When I, I, I'm not going to criticize somebody that gets excited about what God's doing. Amen. I'm not going to be. I'm not going to be criticizing somebody that gets overwhelmed at the presence of God and they don't know what to do with themselves. Listen, you get in His presence once and you won't know what to do with yourself either. 
something will begin to happen. Something, if there's any kind of life on the inside of you, something will respond. Mercy. He was a man, but he proved to be a man. But he also proved to be God. One night when he was laying in a little boat, waves were bouncing around. Devils said they're going to do something screaming at him and I'm going to kill him. And what happened? They woke him up. He put his foot on the bow of the boat and he said, peace. Peace. And the waves stilled. Be still. And he, that mighty sea that was rocking and rolling smoothed out till there wasn't even a wrinkle left. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, it's true. He hungered like a man. When he came down from the mountain, he was hungry. Looking over a tree for something to eat. He was a man. But when he took those biscuits and those fish and fed 5,000, that wasn't a man. Amen. He died 1,900 years ago. But hanging on a cross, screaming for mercy. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He died like a man. But on that third morning, he rose like only God could rise. And he said, I am alive forevermore because I live, you live also. There's the conqueror. He said, you're talking about jerking off the aprons and waving it. (laughs) Hallelujah. People say we're crazy because we shout and we run and we scream and we holler. They haven't never felt, this is a quote, they haven't never felt the victorious vibrations of heaven. Oh, hallelujah. But when you have felt those victorious vibrations, that the battle is over. Oh, hallelujah. That's what we saw last Sunday. There was some that was feeling those victorious vibrations. The battle's over. God's on the scene and he's won the victory. He is victorious over this devil. And right now, he stands undefeated. Amen. When he came to earth, they gave him a low name. They called him Beelzebub, the prince of devils. He went to the lowest city on earth, Jericho, to the smallest of men, the lowest of the lowest. Amen. And men began to call him names, and that's what man did to him. But God raised him up and gave him a name above every name. And the name in heaven and earth, every name in heaven bows to the name of Jesus. Every angel, every monarch, every, everything bows to the name of Jesus. Every tongue confesses, every knee will bow. He will ascend so high. That's the mighty conqueror. That's the one who did it. And when he left earth, he had the keys of death and hell hanging at his side. And he said, fear not. I'm he that was dead, but is alive forevermore. You talking about a conqueror. Amen. Men, men who have been refused into heaven now had a highway to heaven. Paid by the conqueror. He came to make a highway. They would have to go down into a place called paradise. And Satan would, down, 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 they'd have to go down where Jesus went down to the souls in prison. And he came up a little higher and he met them. We talked about it Sunday. And then they had a resurrection. And then he took them to another place higher. Right. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. What was it? He said, what happens? First, there was, trying to block this was demons of doubt and selfishness and diseases and sickness covered this place with lines of demon power. And these demons try to keep you from receiving something. 
I'm going to go down really quick to a place. People think demons ain't real sometimes, but uh, we, we know that. We know better than that here. Amen. I begin to look at some things, demons trying to keep people from receiving. Let's see here. It says right here, in the discernment, these, are, this is, these things are real. This is even going on even now. We may not hear it. We may not know it. We may not, understand, not realize it. But demons scream out. Even while the service is going on. He said, oh, Lord Jesus, these demons are screaming, pulling. They know their time has come. When you, when they, when you see a demon begin to speak out, it knows it's time for defeat has come. It's time of rain over whatever situation is over. Amen. Just yesterday we was riding over to, over to see Brother Matthew, Sister Elizabeth, Elizabeth, and me and Ruth and Katie. And Katie was reading the supernatural books. And she was reading the story, of reca- the, the account of, of Brother Branham praying for that woman in a basement. Of just crawling on her back. And the demon power had taken her over. And, and, and she hadn't spoken something, anything in like two years. And Brother Branham, you know, going, you remember the story goes, and he just reaches down because he had the gift in his hand, so he's going to reach and grab her hand to see what it was. And they like to jerk him off his feet, and he's able to get his feet there and push himself back. And he ran back across the room up the stairs, and here she come behind him, slithering like a snake. And, 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 and all of a sudden, her voice began to speak. Come on now. Her voice began to speak. And then her husband said, what is this? And she ain't spoken in two years. But Branham said, it's, that, it's not her, it's that devil. And he began to say, William Branham, you, you have nothing to do with me. And began to challenge him. He said, but, and, and, and he said what, what is going on? That demon realized his time is over. Hallelujah. They know they can't get by with this no more. They know their end is here. Why? Because people are now beginning to believe. Why are we seeing more expressions of demons? Because there's a people on earth that are beginning to believe. To believe that all things are possible. Why are they coming more and more to the forefront and screaming out and challenging us? Because they know there's somebody on earth that is believing the word of God that he spoke. And they are fulfilling the ministry of Jesus Christ here on this earth. Hallelujah. Another place he said around her is a dark cloud. Seems to be square. When I look at her coming down and going, that's a demon. You can feel it pulling from out there. What is it? Everyone out there screaming for help. And he said, but then I feel another pull. Oh, glory. He said, I feel the faith of you believers moving in. And it can be done. It can be done. He said, Satan's crying, saying, help, help. But your faith is saying, it can be done. It can be done. It can be done. Hallelujah. Amen. The devil may be screaming tonight, but I know there's another pull in the building. That no matter what situation, no matter if it's cancer, sugar diabetes, or whatever sickness or trouble, whatever depression, whatever anxiety, fear, whatever devil, it can be done. 
It can be done. It can be done. Amen. It's time that our faith reunites together every service. We need to be a prepared people for, for a moment to realize we've got to be ready. It can be done. Listen, when you see a demon speak out, that ain't the time to pull back. That's the time to push forward. It can be done. That demon knows his time is finished. It knows it's over with. It knows it's not, it has no more power. Hallelujah. Amen. We see another one. He said, I, I had them come. They'd be in straight jackets and hollering, screaming. Didn't even know their own name. Talking about that woman, William Branham, you got nothing to do with me. Why you don't even, that somebody said they don't even know their own name. It wasn't them. It was a devil that so controlled them that he knew it was. You have nothing to do with me. And here they come up now. There you see your patient. It's moving up. What are we going to do? You're helpless. You turn to the audience, a critic spirit out there. One comes from here, one coming from over there. You're anointed. Hello, somebody. You say, well, that's just my opinion. No, you're anointed by the devil. Right. Right. Amen. A critic spirit. You're anointed. You can feel it. Just like that. Woo, woo, woo. You can feel it. Then you can feel and know that the spirit here. He said, if you watch your anointing, you'll feel the Holy Spirit. You hear another one over here crying. It's one ear crying, crying out. What is it trying to do? It's trying to create an unbelief amongst the people. Anything he can do to stop it. He said, here's an old demon-possessed person sitting right there saying, now look, he's just reading their mind. If he can get that same spirit next to him or the one next to him, they build up a chain. Amen. As they begin to bring out, he said, but what did Jesus do? He put the unbelievers out. He said, when Jesus went to heal a blind man, there they were standing criticizing. He took him by the hands and took him out of the city. When Peter went to raise Dorcas, they was all screaming. He took them, everyone out. Get to yourself. Hallelujah. Get to yourself. Here's a patient. You're standing here like a public show almost. He said, what will take place? What will be the decision this woman's standing here? First thing you know, the spirit begins to anoint. She's coming with good faith. Coming believing with all the heart. But here you are standing here the same way. Here's those demon powers working all through there trying to get a corporation wherever he can. That's the reason you hear me say sometimes, this woman here has a certain, certain thing. This woman here has the same thing. Over there has the same thing. What is it? It's those same demons crying out, trying to bind together. He said, you better be careful with what you're doing when you walk in them countries. Which doctors things stand there? Make a challenge to defy the Lord Jesus. You better know what you're talking about when you're walking in the presence of them. He said, they'll walk through fires, rattle bones, cut themselves, take a sword, stick it straight through them like that, blow water between the swords, pull it out. Not a drop of blood, working themselves up in the frantic, screaming at the top of their voice, lancing themselves, pull it right down. Not a drop of blood, walk right out on glass, lace sticker, everything else hypocritical. Yes, demon power. But brother, that has nothing to do with the Lord Jesus. But watch them when it comes time when the showdown comes. And when Jesus Christ is brought to the front before it, every demon begins to fade back. He said, I've never seen it fail, and you will never see it fail. 
Hallelujah. You will never see it fail. When Jesus Christ is brought to the forefront, every devil begins to tremble. Every devil begins to flee. When Jesus comes... Sometimes it can come at the darkest of moments. Sometimes it seems like all hell is against us. And it's so dark, that's when Jesus comes. He said, the reason I say don't move, sit still, because things begin to move and it gets me off track. He said, I know what's the matter with one of these people. He said, but, and he said what happens? He said, for as soon as... As the anointing of the Holy Spirit comes, that sets every demon to screaming. Hallelujah. What do you think is coming against you when you, you, you seem like you can't get nothing out of the service? Sleepiness falls on you. Things and this, that, and go. It's demons that are trying to block you. Amen. Listen, he may keep you from coming to church. He may let you come to church and keep you getting from anything from church. Amen. But whatever he's going, what, he tries to congregate himself. Hey, you can see it at youth camps in different places. But one get off of one bus, one get off another bus and go straight to each other. It's incredible. I've seen it time after time after time. What is it? It ain't, it ain't so much the person, it's what's behind that person. Amen. But when Jesus Christ comes, every demon has to push back. Amen. He says, a woman is shadowed with a dark spirit. That's a spirit of cancer screaming for, to something else for help. It's another cancer laying on that cot. He thought he'd get by with that, but he didn't. <laughs> Hallelujah. Rise up, sister. Have faith in God. Go home and be well. You too. Jesus Christ has come to make you well. Hallelujah. So when those demons come and when unbelief begins to try to rise, that's the time you got to press. Press through. Amen. When it seems to get harder and it seems that things are blocking your path, you don't know what's right behind that blockade. What's right behind that final push to where you can just push through those things. And we think it's just ourselves. We're just tired. Things are going on. Our mind's racing over here. This is going. No, it's demon powers that are pulling on us. Crying out for help. Trying to get unbelief to conglomerate together to keep the Holy Spirit from coming and finding his place. You can see it on people's faces. You can see them in prayer lines. You can see it even before they enter the prayer line. You can see it. Amen. Things take place. You can also see the other part. (laughs) Praise God. You can see it when people are really feeding on the word and they're connected Amen. You can see, amen, the anointing that is there. Amen. But what is it? It is God giving us the overcoming power. It is God there in, in on our behalf. He said, by chance, there would be someone in this building who's a lukewarm person, don't know the joy of the battle being over. He said, people shout, people rejoice, people weep. He said, what's the matter with them? They know it's a finished thing. Hallelujah. It's all over. Amen. He said, Brother Brandon starts clapping his hands. We are beating the bands. We're screaming the trumpets. We're blowing and the gospel's going out. The glory of God and the power of God is coming into our place. It's a finished work. The treaty signed. Christ signed it in his own blood. The battle is over. The victory is won. I didn't win it. He won it. I'm just happy about it. 
Hallelujah. Do we have any people tonight that have realized the battle's over? The victory is won. I didn't do it. He did it. I'm just happy about it. I'm just joyful about it. Amen. God came down on my behalf and touched my knee. Therefore, I have a right to praise that God. I have a right to rejoice in my freedom. I have a right to rejoice in my victory. I don't care what devil of hell wants to be a critic or anoint somebody to be a critic and be able to say this or that about us. I could care less. I know what's in the building. I know who's been in our midst. I know who's been healing our sick. I know who's been bringing our families back. I know who's been moving among us. I know who is here. It is Jesus Christ, and he's a name above all names. Every demon has to flee. Every screaming devil at the name of Jesus Christ has to flee. I believe tonight we ought to gather our faith and just say, Jesus, come on our scene. Move in our midst. Touch the hearts and lives right now, Lord. Time you start pushing back against that darkness that is trying to haunt against you. That darkness is not going to overcome you. You're going to overcome the darkness. He says, people, he said, when some of those boys come back from overseas, the ship came into New York Harbor. They looked over and they seen that Statue of Liberty. They rose up, some of them crippled, out on the deck of the ship so they could see it. And they began to see the Statue of Liberty. They began weeping. They began crying. They couldn't help it. Great big men stood there, rough men, quivering, shaking, been in foxholes, seeing things that humans ought not have to see. But they couldn't hold their emotions no more. It was an emblem of freedom. <laughs> Just behind the Statue of Liberty was a papa, was a mama, was a sweetheart, was a wife, was a baby. All this earth that meant was dear to them was just right there behind it. And just before they walked in, they recognized it was the land of the free, the home of the brave. Sure, it would shake your emotions, that old flag flying. Think of it, battle-scarred veterans coming into the harbor. What a wonderful time. He said, but oh, brother, one of these mornings, when that old ship of Zion comes sailing through, and I see that emblem standing there, that old rugged cross, the winds are whipping her old gray banners and she's moving through the fog of death. What a victory it is. Why, no wonder we can't hold our emotions still. Something has happened. We are fellow citizens, joint heirs with Jesus Christ. This thing is complete. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He conquered it and he gave it to you. Amen. It's your inheritance. We're joint heirs. Reading Joshua 24, verse 1, Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem and called for the elders of Israel and for their heads and for their judges and for their officers, and they presented them before God. And Joshua said unto all the people, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Your fathers dwelt on the other side of the flood in old time, even Terah, the father of Abraham, the father of Necker, and they served other gods. 
But I took your father Abraham from the other side of the flood and led them throughout all the land of Canaan and multiplied his seed and gave him Isaac. Listen, I and I gave unto Isaac, Jacob, and Esau, and I gave unto Esau, Mount Seir, to possess it. But to Jacob and his children went down to Egypt. I sent Moses. I plagued Egypt. And afterwards, I brought you out. So the Lord is saying, I have been with you every step of the journey. You have not took one step without me. You have not spent one moment. I may have seen like 400 years I wasn't there, but I heard every cry. I seen every affliction. I saw every strife. I did myself. I was there. And I brought your fathers out of Egypt. And you came into the sea. And the Egyptians pursued after your fathers with chariots and horsemen unto the Red Sea. And when they cried unto the Lord, he put darkness between you. Who did? The Lord did. He put darkness between you and the Egyptians and brought the sea upon them and covered them. And your eyes have seen what I have done in Egypt. And you dwelt in the wilderness a long season. And I brought you into the land of the Amorites, which dwelt in the other side of Jordan. And they fought with you, but I gave them into your hand that you might possess their land and I destroyed them from before you. Then, then Balak, Balak came, the king of Moab arose and war against Israel and sent and called Balaam the son of Beor to curse you. But I would not hearken unto Balaam. Therefore he blessed you still. So I delivered you out of his hand. And you went over Jordan and came into Jericho and the men of Jericho fought against you and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Canaanites and the Hivites and the Gergesites and the Hivites and the Jebusites and the back trouble and the heart trouble and, and the barrenness and whatever other name you want to name. And I delivered them into your hand. Why do you have these problems? Because he delivered them into your hand. <laughs> Amen, it's only an avenue for him to show his mighty power. It's only an avenue for him to be able to heal, to deliver, to set free, to do these things. This is why we have troubles and trials. This is why we're in the condition we're in because there was things in God he wanted to show. He wanted to show I'm a healer. I'm a deliverer. I'm a savior. I can do all these things and I will do these things. And I delivered them into your hand. And I sent the hornet before you. And which drave them out from before you. Even the two kings of the Amorites. But not with thy sword nor with thy bow. And I have given you a land for which you did not labor. And cities for which you did not build not. And you dwell in them in the vineyards and olives which you planted not do you eat. I did this. I've been with you every step of the journey. We got to get the idea out that God ain't, don't, don't know about our situation. God don't care. God don't understand. God must not know. He's been with you every step of the journey. With you every step of the journey. Amen. And this is what he would say to us in Matthew 7 and verse 7. Ask and I will give it to you. Ah. We'll give it to you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened to you. 
I will do this. I will open doors no man can open. I'll shut them no man can shut. Or no man can open again. I've seen that happen. Many times. Think I got a certain direction? All of a sudden over here, a door open and walk through it. What was it? I'm with you. Moving every step of the journey. Young people, he's with you. He wants to be with you in your college choices. He wants to be with you in everyday life. In every moment. In the little small things we don't think all that. He wants to know. He wants to know. He wants you to talk to him about it. Ask. And I'll give it to you. Seek. But if we think God's somewhere off somewhere and he don't, our prayers barely reach the ceiling and they fall back to the floor. No. He's right here beside us. Ask. Seek. Knock. And then when they, when they, in Matthew 10 and verse 19, when they deliver you up, take no thought how or what you will speak. For it shall be given you. Who's going to give it? He'll give it. He'll give you the inspiration to speak in the time of your need. Amen. He'll give you the moment to stop and say, hey, this is the way it's going to be done. And it won't be you speaking. It'll be him speaking. Hallelujah. But we see here in Joshua, as he would come, as we've spoke about it on Sunday, we'll just come, come again just for a moment, who, who he met, this angel. This captain of the host, the unseen one, he is still the captain of the host of the Lord. He's still the omnipotent one. But he's here tonight just as real as he was there standing before Joshua. The same Lord Jesus. He was Melchizedek that met Abraham many, many hundred years before that. Had no father, no mother, no beginning of days, no ending of years. Melchizedek, who is this great king, had no beginning of days, no ending of years, without descent, without father, without mother. How can you defeat that? There you are. Here he is. He met Abraham out under oak one day, had dust all over his clothes. And he said he was from a foreign country. He was from a foreign country on his road down to Sodom and Gomorrah. But Abraham recognized something was going on. Come on now. I wonder how many times he comes walking in here and he's gone before we realize something was going on. Or is there Abrahams that recognize him when he comes in our midst and say, Lord, I want to prepare a table for you. Come sup with me. Come speak to me. Don't pass me by. Move upon me, Lord. Yeah, you moved on sister so-and-so and you done this over here on me. I need you. I need you. This is what Abraham did. He took a moment. He might have been busy. He might have had all kinds of things going. He might have been busy right up to 630, but he said, Lord, I need you. I know we get, we get in, our, in our ways sometimes and we get down on a path and we think, well, the Lord's blessing me. Look at my checking account. That has nothing to do with it. The Lord's blessings are spiritual blessings. 
Sure, he can provide. He can provide money. He can do all those things. But his blessings, what you need to really, what you really need to stake your life to is what's spiritual. You might have more money in your bank account than you ever have, but how's your spiritual walk? How's things in your life? How's the relationship between you and the Lord? Where have you talked to him lately? Has they, or is there something clouding you? I, I don't even know why I'm going this way, but we're going. He wants to be a personal God. We've been talking about being a warrior, and we think of this great God. And he is a great God. We think, of way, and think about, well, he made this great universe. He made these billions of stars that we look at at night. We look at it in all of them, the beauty of them, the moon. Uh, it's incredible. I, I can't get over it many times. I don't, I, I, 40-something years, I've looked at it and still can't get over it. How wonderful it is to know there's a God who made all of that, yet He cares about me. And He's mindful of me when I'm going through my trials, when I'm going through my struggles, when I'm going through my sicknesses, and He wants to be a part of it. How many services has it been since you said I've talked face to face with God? He's here every service. How many services has it been since you could be like Abraham and say, I've talked face to face with God. He met me there. I opened up my heart to him and he revealed himself to me. Melchizedek, the unseen host, is just as real here tonight as he was there. If we could get the woman that caught in adultery, sin in her life, could really realize who's at the altar, who's at the place, there wouldn't be nothing to stop you. If you realize who's there, there wouldn't be nothing to stop you. If we could really realize who's coming in our midst service after service, I don't know how we can miss a service. When we really realize it's God meeting his people once again. It's God that's walking down our aisles. And he reaches over and touches this one, and their problem vanishes. He goes over here, and he touches this one, and things are just turned completely around. Why? Because he wanted to have a face-to-face. He's everywhere that his people are gathered together because it's his spiritual body. I hope you can see he's real close. He's in the building tonight. What need do you have? What are you struggling with? What's on your heart? Have you moved towards him? What's going on in your life? Let's bow it. What about it? When's the last time you had a face-to-face with God?
this God who's mighty in battle. I hope you can realize tonight he's big enough and great enough for your struggles, for your situation, for the things that you're going through. I wonder how many be honest. Don't, don't lift your hand to me. Lift it to him. Say, God, I want to face to face with you tonight. I want to face to face. Come by my way, Lord. Speak to me. Yes, Lord. Lord, my hand's lifted also. You say, well, that's just a formality. Go ahead and push that critic spirit back. Let it go. He's here in the building. He always comes by when you talk about him. He's here. Wants to walk with you for a moment, talk with you. Why don't you have a conference with him? Open your heart to him. Say, Lord, I open my heart. Tonight, I, I know an altar's thought of as just a place for repentance, but an altar is more than that. If you need a place, you want to just take some moments and say, Lord, I, I want to face to face with you. I need some direction in my life. I I need to know where to go. I, I, need, I need you to come on the scene for me. I, I need you to move. This altar is always open. But whatever you do, don't leave this place without meeting the Lord. Him to come by your way. Him to touch your heart. It don't matter. You don't have to be a young person. You can be an old person. You can be a middle-aged. Because, Lord, I, I, I just need a personal moment with you talk about some things talk to him as your friend as your God as your Savior you know what he did for you some of you many years ago you hadn't taken your heart back you just want to have a conference a face to face yes Lord this God can take your burdens this God can carry them this God can move in a supernatural way. This God's more than able. Yes, Lord. Jesus, I just want to talk to you. Do you want to talk to him? You know, you've been out gotten lukewarm things are going on that wouldn't used to go on situations are happening that wouldn't used to happen you're doing things you wouldn't used to do not doing things you used to do Lord I, I just need this break through this lukewarmness I, I just need a fresh spark I just need you Lord I, I don't know I wouldn't expect it to go this way but Lord knows Lord knows
Jesus. Draw us, Lord. Touch the hearts, Father. Lift the burdens, Lord. Show yourself, Lord, tonight as a wonderful God, mighty God, Savior. Lord, reach down and Lord, I, I want to be somebody to just open up every door, every closet. God, everything in my life, Father. Let you have preeminence, you to move, you to touch. Lord, that there be real victories, real moments with a face-to-face. God, we invite you to come in this place right now, taking preeminence dictating, Lord, the rest of this service. Lord, we invite you to come as a, to have a face-to-face encounter to say, I met God. Same one that was in the pillar of fire. The same one in that burning bush. The same one that met Joshua. I met him. And I talked to him. And he talked to me. Bless your people, Lord, tonight. All these hands, Lord, Move, Lord, in this assembly, Lord. Those that might be streaming, even now kneeling where they're at, Lord. May they have that face-to-face with you, that encounter with a supernatural God.